You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So we've been talking about values. We started last week just talking about this idea of value-driven life. And there's just a couple of statements here that, again, values are foundational beliefs. They are sometimes subconscious convictions that provide guidelines for our attitudes and actions. And then the the biggest key here that was where the Lord really drew me into this little study was this idea that we, we are constantly demonstrating what our values are by what we're willing to pay for, what we're willing to invest ourselves in. That's where our values really are. Why are we talking about this? Because I, th- I think this, this talk, uh, it, I, I think it's an opportunity for some self-examination for us to understand because we are not real good all the time at, at knowing what our values are, but the people closest to us know exactly what our values are because they can see a lot of times more clearly than we can what we are truly willing to invest ourselves in. What are, what are we willing to, to do that costs us something? What are we will, These are just some of the terms that came up uh, for me. It was, what are we willing to make sacrifices for? That's something that is truly a value in your heart. You're willing to make sacrifices of other things for that. What are we willing to do when it's really inconvenient? Uh, one of the things, I think it was in our, in our men's group study a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was this, uh, this quote in the book that, that sacrifice and convenience cannot coexist. We, we cannot, if we're living by what's convenient, if we're, and, and you know, some of this is about managing the busyness of our lives. Because there may be things you really value, but then we all get caught up in this rat race life and busyness between, between work, family, uh, other obligations, recreation, you know, life. We get caught up in this thing and we can easily just, uh, just get to the point where we feel like we have nothing more to give. Well, then that's usually an opportunity to, to cut back on some things that, that are not the most valuable things in your life. But so what do you do when it's inconvenient? What do you do when there's pressure to do something else? When your friends are trying to talk into doing something else, when, when the, the situation around you says you've got to do something else, we just heard that testimony, you've got to leave, you've got to go somewhere else, this isn't going to work, you know, uh, there's, there are only five positions, work a whole year to get the one, and it's eliminated. Those moments or where you've got to decide what is God saying, and you've got, to, you've got to stand. Values will often cause us to pursue change in ourselves. They will also often cause us to stand, stand steadfast, to remain, to stay, because of something that we value, not be moved not be moved by popular opinion, not be moved by other suggestions, all, uh, any number of things. What you choose to do when nobody else is looking, where nobody else is going to know it, that's, that's coming out of a value. What you choose to do when nobody else is going to know it, and primarily, what do, you, what, do you, 
What are the things in your life that you will push other things aside for? That you will make room for? Because again, it's just, a, it's just you know, even when Jesus taught the parable of the sower sows the seed, one of the things was a situation where the seed's in there, but then weeds just grow up, the cares of life, all these things grow up, crowded out, choke out the life of the seed. And so we have to choose to make room for the things that are valuable. And one of the reasons that we're talking about this is because our values are adjustable. They are adjustable. And in fact, a huge part of the process that we know as the renewing of our minds, where the Lord changes the way that we think, changes our habitual ways of thinking, where the Lord comes in and, and, and this is the term that came up earlier and I was just trying to think because when Annie was talking there was something that came up there was a specific phrase that came up that I was wanting to bring out and maybe it'll come back hopefully but at any rate part of the process of renewing the mind is that he overwrites our values our current values with his values he changes our hearts and then we live differently and that idea of overwriting, you know, if you, most all of us are pretty familiar with computers these days. But when you delete something on your computer, most of you know it doesn't really go away. It just gets, this may not be exactly right, so just smile, Lucas. It gets tagged to be overwritten. It gets, it gets tagged to be overwritten so that when new information comes in, it can overwrite that. And once it's overwritten, then there's something else there on your hard drive. But... That's, we can do that with our own, with our values, with our thinking, with our hearts. We can set ourselves and put ourselves constantly in this position, Lord, overwrite what you don't want in me. Okay, and, and I have, I probably don't have the best way to say this today. I, I have a little bit of an issue with this idea. Sometimes we, we've learned to pray something like, Lord, if you don't like this, take it away. Take it away, take it away. Well, God doesn't just impose his will on us. We have choices to make. And, and so while I understand the heart behind that prayer, it's not exactly how he functions. We make choices. We choose to follow him. We choose to press into him. We open our hearts for him to overwrite, to change who we are in our hearts. But when there's something in our life that, you know, we have some responsibility. He's given us some authority. He has, he has given us the right to pursue him eagerly and hard or to just kind of keep him on the sidelines. He doesn't strike us dead for that. We just don't receive what he has for us. We just don't receive the fulfillment and the fullness of what the Lord has for us if we just live a mediocre Christian life. We just don't. But if we pursue after him and there's an eagerness about that, then the Lord will constantly work. And one of the things he will do is, is overwrite those values. And we'll, we will value different things than what we used to value. And it's, to me, it's one of the biggest miracles that we see uh, is, is that change of heart that the Lord does. It's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. So let's go over to Matthew chapter 6. Hope you found it. Um, we'll probably just look at, I don't have a lot of time, so we'll just look at these verses. Uh, and by the way, I'm not complaining about not having a lot of time. This has been a really 
wonderful service. Obviously, you guys came in ready to receive what God had and makes all the difference. So Jesus here, you know, these are very familiar verses to you. We usually think of them in the context of money, you know, finances, that type of thing. And certainly that's appropriate, but they, they go, it, this goes to a lot more than that. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right? And sometimes with some of these verses that we've heard so many times, we just need to let them hit us afresh. But Jesus gives us here, he gives us a do and a do not, right? He says, do not, let me just back up. When he gives us something like that, a do and a do not, all right? That means we have influence there we have he's he's calling us to something that brings accountability obviously we're involved in this some some way if if he was just going to if there was no possibility of us storing up treasures on earth he wouldn't have to tell us not to do it right and and he doesn't just say don't do this don't store up treasures on earth he says do store up treasures in heaven so there's, a, there's obviously a choice there. There's a, he's bringing an understanding that there are two different ways to live, two different results having to do with our life here and heaven and what we bring of heaven into this life. So he's saying do intentionally store up treasure in heaven. So this is something we can apply ourselves to. It's something we can, we can do. And he, he says it's because on this earth there's this decay situation that is here because of the fall of man. There is, you know, it, leave, leave your whatever, leave your tractor out in the field for enough years, it will turn to dust, all right? That's decay. Rust, he mentions rust, he mentions moth. Those are, those are you know, there are other places where it talks about uh, the devil coming in and, and essentially just nickel and diming us to death, just eating away at what God wants to bring into our life. There is this whole atmosphere of decay in the entire universe. It's here, all right? It is here because of the fall of man. How do I know that? Because he says it doesn't exist in heaven, all right? And it and it didn't exist in the earth. There's no evidence that it existed until the fall of man. So we brought death and decay and all of that in through, through sin and disobedience to God. But this is kind of interesting because it says we have the option, we have the opportunity to store up our own treasure as treasures do live life in such a way that we are building up treasure in heaven. And there's also here implied the idea, because we know Jesus also taught us to pray, and this was a part of our assignment in this earth, is to, it's back, I don't know what that was. We'll just pretend it didn't happen. Um, A part of our assignment in this earth is to pray, your will be done, right, on earth as it is in heaven. In this context, that means 
we are able to bring things that are of an eternal nature from heaven into earth through our prayers, through our activities, through uh, ministering to people, through all of the things that we do as believers and in interacting with God, we're actually able to bring the elements of heaven to earth. And what he's saying here is we need to be aware that we are either building treasure on earth or we are building treasure in heaven. That word um, treasure there, well, let me, just, let me just bring this, let's just finish this last phrase. He says, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and I'm going to, uh, that word treasure means a little more than we usually think it does. But the idea here of your heart, in this particular case, it means your primary focus, the giving of the majority of your time and energy and resources, the affections of your heart, and the resulting convictions and passions and activities that come out of all that. He's saying all of, all of that, all of that focus, all of that drive in our life will go to wherever our treasure is. Whatever we are treasuring up, that's the thing we're going to give our life to. So again, it comes back to this same principle. We will invest ourselves. We will spend ourselves for what we truly value. Whereas the things that we just wish we valued or somebody else wishes we valued, or we think are good things to value, but they aren't really a value of our heart. We'll make investments in those. We'll make temporary deposits of our life into those, but it won't be lasting. We won't be able to hang on to it until we let the Lord overwrite our values with his values. Does that make sense to you? We want to get to this place where our hearts are really where his heart is, because the energy of your life is going to go into the thing that you treasure. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. That's what you're going to love. That's what you're going to be passionate about. The, the values and the heart are, are just intimately linked in our lives. So this term, earthly treasures, now let me just start with the word treasure. It combines a couple of different ideas. By the way, I didn't have time to mention it, but this is our newest member being carried around back here. Daxton. I haven't even seen him yet. Every time I go to look at him, he's eating, so I've just <laughs> stayed away. Takes after his dad. Every time I see him, he's eating too. So. so this word treasure, it combines the idea of what we would think of as something we value. Okay, We place a value on it. It's, it's important. It's valuable. That, you know, that kind of idea. It is that, but it is also something that we put security in. And that's the biggest idea. It's something that draws our trust because of its value. Okay, so we begin to put the weight of our life over on this thing because it's, it's, it's valuable. We, we can understand that. And so our trust and our security, our confidence about our future, our confidence about things working in our lives, that begins to go whatever this thing is. So we usually use these verses to talk about money, and that's very true because it's real easy, and we know that's one of the deceptions about money is that it likes to tell you that it'll take care of you. It likes to tell you you'll be okay if you have plenty of me. I mean, that's what money does. And, and, it, and so we, we take that, and, and we can become dependent on having a certain amount of money. The problem is that it's never enough. 
It's, it is never, with those types of things, those earthly things, it's never enough. You think, oh, if I just had this, if I had this house paid for, if I had this type of job, if I had these people's approval, if I had this much money, if I had any of those things. And, and, and you may give your life to that and get to that place and it's not enough. Your security will not rest there because you're designed for your security to be in God. And it just doesn't work any other way. And the reverse of that is if you really have your security in God and in his word, his purpose for you, all of that, then the rest, then he can add tremendously. And that's what he says. If, the, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you and you'll be able to give them away. You'll be, you'll be able to have them, to not have them. Paul said, I've learned to be content when I have a bunch and when I have nothing. It's, it's all about where that heart security is. And the only proper place for us to, to have that heart security is in the Lord. He's the only one that's that trustworthy. The stuff isn't. I don't care how much of it you have. We could all tell stories about people we've known that have worked so hard to get to some station or get somebody's approval or, or their, their whole life is about being accepted and approved in their beliefs and their, the things that they do by their friends and their neighbors or a certain group or whatever. And that's where they find or want to find security for their life. And it doesn't work. We end up as just insecure people trying to prove ourselves over and over and over. But this word combines these ideas, something that we have value and something, I could say it this way, from which we derive security. Okay, so we get that. But this word also speaks of what we might call a treasury, a a place that we consider to be a place of safekeeping. If I put my life in here, it'll be safe. And I can hang on to it. I can know it'll be safe. And, and when that's an earthly thing, again, it, uh, I think a lot of times this is a job. It's a position. I've, I've known people who their whole security was caught up in uh, being married or marrying a certain person. And, and then with some of them, they did marry that person. And for a little while, they were the happiest people on earth until they began to realize that the sill didn't settle the stuff in my heart. Nothing wrong with marriage and wanting to be married, but that person or that fact of being married. We've known people who their identity was caught up in the idea of being married. And so those people actually make really poor marriage partners because they're not marrying you, they're marrying an idea and a place. And, and um, you know, we've known many people that, that had this about a position, about a whatever, but their, their security wasn't in God, it was in this place. So, so this word means something we value, but also a place where we would hide, a place where we would go when things get scary. This is another question you can ask yourself. You know, and, and I just, you just gave the testimony, so I can't help use it as an example. Elena just described that place where, there was this one position, she and the teacher that held it have been talking for a year or better about her taking that over when, when the other teacher retires. So that was, that's the direction. That's a, we all celebrated that when that was happening. How cool. Of those five positions, one is really looking like you're going to get it. Well then, one day, 
it wasn't there anymore. It wasn't their decision. It wasn't it, you know, it all went. I mean, she, the lady retired. Here it is. She turned in her papers. Elena's watching for it to come up as a position open. Nothing. And then they get the word. I can imagine that was really hard. Then you get the word one day. Oh, we eliminated what you've been hoping in for all this time. That had to be really hard. And we all face that kind of stuff. The key is, if our security is actually in God, we have the right place to run. If our security at that point, if we have an eternal, I mean, the person, but, but eternal things to hang on to, then we have the right place to go. And where do you go? When stuff like that, ask yourself, where do I go? When stuff doesn't go right, do I go to, the other thing that came up this morning is self-sufficiency. That is a huge, we're overvaluing our ability when that's where our hearts go when something goes wrong. Self-sufficiency. It's a, it's a huge, huge trap. So it's, this is this idea of a treasury is where we run to safety. The original text here says, don't treasure up treasures on earth. All right? So, so it's don't derive your sense of security from things on earth because they're temporal. They change everything that's, everything you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel is temporary. Only God and his word and what he's got going, his kingdom, those are the eternal things. So we tend to, we tend to stack those things up. Don't Hide your life in temporal things. Don't you've you've got to you've got to make sure that your values, all right, are set in the Lord. They're they're just set in Him. Earthly treasures can be. It isn't just about money. It can for many people. It could be self sufficiency. It can be approval of people. Fame is a big one these days. There are a lot of, especially younger people, that because of the media culture we live in, they think, if I could just be famous, that'll, you know, that'll be a secure place for me. That's a destructive place being, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not ready to handle it. So um, let me just get a couple more of these in. We've got a few more minutes here. We create for ourselves, when we begin to, now let me back up. An important thing to realize here is it's not that the things that we all need and live in and do, uh, that all of these earthly things, they are not essentially evil. They are just not where we're supposed to have our trust. Money isn't evil. The love of money is a big problem, okay? Uh, wanting to be loved and accepted is not evil, but having the security for your identity in being loved and, and accepted is a big problem. When we start to put our hearts in, our trust in, any of this earthly stuff, okay? The Lord actually wants us to be able to handle earthly stuff so he can use us to bless other people with it, but he's not going to give us things that our hearts are not ready to handle and it's just going to destroy us, okay? So, so whenever we, we set ourselves up for destruction, we set ourselves up for disaster in our own lives, when we begin to put the actual trust for our security, for our life in 
earthly things. It seems like the surest way to have financial problems is for you to start trusting in your finances. The surest way for you to have marital problems is to start trusting in the, just the security of that realm and that, and that I'm only secure as long as everything's right. It's really hard to uh, work your way through issues that come up together as a couple when one person, or, or maybe both, but when one person has, uh, uh, that other person is their security. God's supposed to be your security. And then from that secure position, you can, one of the things that security does is it enables us to pour into others. We're not fearful. We're not hanging on so tight. We can give ourselves away. And, and when two people are secure in God, they can just pour themselves into each other and build just an in, incredible life together. So we actually, you know, this is a trust issue we're talking about today. I know we're talking about values, but this is where it goes. Our heart goes to what we value. Our values, our, our, our trust comes out of those places. Again, this idea of treasure is it's, it's our security. It's what we, what we see and what we have our security in. It's the place that we put our our life and our security. So we actually invite demonic activity into areas of our life when we start to trust in those areas. When we think my life cannot work unless this thing happens this way, that is a place where you're just inviting your fear of loss, your fear of losing something right there is just inviting demonic activity into your own heart because fear attracts demonic activity. Fear just works the opposite of faith. And so it's really important that, you know, wherever we are, and I'm just going to have to quit here, but wherever we are, wherever the confidence, you know, our confidence about our future our, our trust that no matter what goes on here, God has got a plan and he's got a way through it or around it or under it or over it or knock it down, but he's got a way through this. And, and, and we've got to be careful to not let time delay eat that away. We've got to just stay. If we just stay immersed, we talked about this last week, our values are often built through immersion. And through immersion in time with God, we will value the things that he values. Anytime we set it up a different way, where we start to value something and, and by that, I mean put our security in it, value it, live from it. When we start to value something that's not something God values, we're just setting ourselves up for trouble. So it's just really important that we keep ourselves in this place. And I think, you know, for every one of us, that means we need to be in this constant process of overriding. We need to be in this constant process of having the heart open to the Lord because God knows right where we are. It's always so amazing to me. We can feel like total failures. We can feel like we, you know, we blow it and we do frequently. And yet God has stuff down the road for us that is such a blessing that we can't see yet. And for us to get there and for us to live the life he wants, it's so important 
that we work with the values of our own hearts and let people that actually love you, two qualifications, they need to love God and they need to love you. Let people like that speak into your life because a lot of times we want to value this the most, but really the spending of our time and our money and our energy and our focus and everything else says, you know what, you love this the most. That's the truth. If we want that to change, we've got to be able to have those conversations with each other and we've got to be able to have those conversations with God and let him work in those areas so that our values are becoming more and more and more his values. There's another set of scriptures I'd really like to go to, but we are out of time and we had a great time this morning. So let's just pray. Why don't you stand up with me? We'll pray and we'll be dismissed this morning. Did you get something this morning? Man. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're so grateful. Jesus, you told us that when two or three of us get together, you're going to be right there in our midst and you always are. Surprise, surprise. You always are. You're so faithful. I'm so grateful, Lord, for what you poured into every one of us this morning. And I know, Lord, you said that when we gather like this, one of the purposes is to equip us to go out and do the work of the ministry you've given to every one of us. Every one of us have a ministry in the world to carry you, carry your presence and carry your word and carry all that you've put in us. And Lord, this morning, I just believe you have further equipped every one of us. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunities you're going to bring this week. We thank you for the people you bring across our path. We thank you for those connections, Lord, and that we will hear your heart and deliver what you've brought. And Father, I just pray for every one of us, Lord, where our true values in our hearts are concerned, Lord, we give all that up to you this morning. We yield it all up. We may, maybe we're yielding it up again But Lord, we ask you to work in this area. We want to value what you value. And Lord, I pray, Father, where there's any place where our trust is over in something earthly, just show it to us. We invite it. We invite your correction there, Lord, and and help us to get, get get our trust out of that place and back on you. And we thank you for that this morning. Just seal up, Lord, all that you've done. And we choose right now that when we walk out these doors and something happens, we have an opportunity to get angry or get offended or get distracted or whatever it might be. Lord, we refuse to let go of the word that you've spoken to us this morning, the things you've deposited in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. All right. Thanks for coming so wide open this morning, you guys. All right, we're going to say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin in the world. And then we'll have some snacks out there if you can hang around fellowship. We also have our table out back. We've got tables out front, and uh, we also have our table out back and our shelter out back now. So if people want to hang out out there and avoid everyone else, you really shouldn't do that. Uh, Anyway, it's a nice place to sit. So... We'll say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Go out there and be the church. Thank 
you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.